It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Yo, it's go time with another episode of On The Clock. Today we are doing a combine preview, and I have a guest for you. His name is Christopher Wecht, friend of the show. <laughs> I think at this point it's safe to say friend of the show or just the show. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really know, but you know, Chris will be a frequent guest on here as he is, you know, my partner in crime. We've said this many times over. But Chris, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Ready for the combine and some actual draft stuff to take place. Football never ends. It's a year long sport. Football never ends. Well, yeah, so it's it's officially Combine Week, and I figured let's start the second week of On the Clock with a Combine Primer, and I know you have an article going up on FantasyPoints.com, so I figured it'd be a great opportunity to bring you on and we can talk Combine and nerd out a little bit, um, especially because I know you're, you're more a numbers guy than I am necessarily, so um, it's possible that these Combine numbers mean more to you, so... We'll get into that, uh, but Chris, you are on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, like- uh, just yeah, a little preview for the article. Just a little, you know, some of the bigger questions around some of the bigger name prospects heading into the combine. You know, as the average football fan, you might not know what what matters, what doesn't, what stuff to yeah. look for, and it's just trying to give you some things that I will be personally watching for to see how how guys look, what they measure at, stuff like that. Um, it is not the end all be all. You should not completely change your analysis of a player solely from the combine, but you're kind of just looking for guys to check some boxes. And if they don't, what does that mean for their outlook? And if they do, what, what does that mean? You know, what also does that mean for their outlook? Yeah, for sure. And there's a lot to take away from the combine. It's not just how fast the guy ran in the 40. Um, for some of these guys, it's their height measurement. It's their, you know, arm length, their wingspan their weight you know like we're looking at Bryce Young right now like hey how what is this guy gonna weigh in at and that that stuff's important too so the combine gives us a lot of information beyond just the on-field workouts you also will have the the medical exams these guys will be meetings with meeting with teams etc etc then we get the on-field drill on the field drills and you get to kind of see these guys juxtaposed to each other you know, the, the competition in the class. And it's not super meaningful necessarily, but you can take away some things from it. Um, I know the guru, John Hansen, has some hilarious stories of just knowing a guy would be bad or good based on on-the-field drills. <laughs> and his hit rate is actually surprisingly high, despite, you know, it seeming kind of, you know, I guess fraudulent in a lot of ways. But, yeah, so the... For me, Chris, I don't because you don't really have a, a a definitive evaluation process, right? With how you look at the draft class, no, not nothing official by any means. Just yeah, yeah, more so you're just looking for check boxes in my yeah evaluation. So for me, it's a big part of my evaluation. I talked about my weighted score and how all those buckets come together. One of those buckets is athleticism, and so the combine's a big deal for me. Anyone that tells you the combine doesn't matter is lying. Anyone telling you we shouldn't overreact to certain things is wrong. We probably should overreact to certain things. Uh, People get carried away, of course. There's extremes on both sides. But 
it for sure matters. But for me, when I'm when I'm compiling my scores and and, and you know pu- pushing those numbers through, I guess I kind of look at it three different ways. Or there's three, I guess, three buckets I throw things in, and so I, you know I have these trait scores that each player gets, and each trait is attached to. Um, sometimes it's a mental aspect of the game, but sometimes they are physical aspects. Like, hey, this guy is great long speed. Cool. Can we confirm that with a nice 40? So a lot of times I'm just looking for, I have thresholds, you know, for each workout per position, per archetype of that position. So if you're a speed receiver, yeah, I, I'm going to need to see, I can't see a 4640. If that's your, if, if your game is as a speed receiver, I can't see a 4640. So in a lot of ways, I'm just checking boxes with what happens at the combine. And then there's the next bucket of, hey, this guy's showing rare or elite athleticism. And that's another bucket. And so they start, that's when they can start affecting their score in a positive way, as if not only are they checking the box, but they're showing that they have a, a rare trait there. And then the, the third one is the head scratchers, because sometimes you see a guy run and you're like, that doesn't make sense compared to what we see on tape, whether he ran extra fast or extra slow. Uh, we gave the example of John Ross last time you were on, Chris. That was one where it's like, yeah, he looks fast on tape, but he doesn't look fastest ever potentially on tape. So, um, you know, and you'll, you'll get a lot of those guys in every year. So sorting that out is kind of, is kind of the fun part of the combine, but it absolutely matters. And anyone that tells you it doesn't matter is, is lying right to your face. Right. So who are you? So you're writing this article, you kind of wrote up a bunch of players, all the different skill positions. Let's start with quarterbacks, Chris. Where where are you going with quarterbacks? I know some of these guys aren't going to work out, but ultimately, like, what are you looking to see from the quarterbacks? So I think we just got to start at the top with the you know, the a current favorite to go number one overall, Bryce Young from Alabama. Um, he said this morning actually that apparently he's not going to throw at the combine. So our best oh, guess God. is he, you know, yeah, he's he's probably trying. So he's listed on Alabama at six foot one ninety four. There is a short list of QBs that are six foot or shorter. None of them weigh less than 200 pounds that are currently in the NFL. It's guys like Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Tua. Um, It's all functional QBs at different times. So it's not like the height is necessarily an issue, but he's definitely tinier than most QBs we've seen. A common trend too, especially with quarterbacks, Chris, is typically what they're listed at isn't what they are. Right. And not in a good way. Right. Um, so if a guy's listed at six foot one ninety four, a lot of times what that actually means is five, ten and a half, one eighty five. Right. And I'm not exaggerating. That's how crazy well I think what was the biggest there, there was, was one, one recently where year. the QB was three inches off his listed yeah. height and yeah. his actual height. I know Baker was always listed at like six two at Oklahoma and he was literally like an eighth of an inch higher than six foot. <laughs> So that's a, that's a two inch swing, um, yeah. So this is this is definitely it sounds crazy, but it's definitely a big deal. I mean, the reality is Bryce Young's small though. Yeah. What is would would, would any measurement at the combine change your mind on him being small? <laughs> right. I don't. I don't know. That's why. I, so actually, I was going to ask you, like, if he does weigh under two hundred or even less than you know in the one ninety range, less than he's listed, does that change your evaluation for him at all, or you just you already know and like that's it is what it is. No, for for me, it doesn't because but like teams are weird and they'll get caught up on right you know numbers like this, but. For me, I know he's small. I know he's going to be a massive outlier if he hits. So, like, you have to be willing to bet on that 
I'm not like two, three pounds isn't going to make me feel any better about it. I'm sure the reason he's not working out is because he's on the pizza diet and he's trying to get over 200 pounds. Right. You yeah. Know, that that arm is like, not going to look a little as strong, as strong if he's a little yeah. heavier than he's supposed to be. Yeah. Or even just the, the movement skills, like he's going to be a little sluggish. Yeah. I mean, people keep comparing him to like uh, Kyler Murray or Malik Willis. Difference between those guys is they're balls of steel. Yeah. You know, like Kyler Murray's like yoked up. Yeah, Malik Willis is yoked up. Uh, I mean, those guys are very, very stocky. Shoot, even Tua is clearly thick, thicker yeah. than Bryce Young. You know, and yeah, it, this is a problem. So for me, my mind is kind of already made up about this. Unless he comes in and measures like a clean six one or something, which isn't going to happen, I would be, I'd be shocked. But I know like Todd McShay's, he's uh, declared that he knows for a fact Murray will be over 190 pounds. Yeah. So, I mean, which, whatever. Cool. That means he ate a lot of pizza this right. month. <laughs> I can gain weight in a pinch too if I need to. Um, what other QBs do you think have a lot to gain or lose this week? Well, Richardson probably does because I think yep. you see the, even just talking with our own guy, Scott Barrett, about this the other day. He question he keeps asking me is if Richardson's some freaky athlete, why didn't he have more rushing yards? You know, and a lot of that's you a know, function you know of how the offense Florida offense him. works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there's that, <laughs> but also, you know, I do think he wants to probably test well to prove that he is this elite athlete. Um, and I, I would imagine a guy like that's going to take pride in putting on a show. You know, he's going to mm-hmm. go out there and run ridiculously fast, run, jump super high. Um, I would expect Richardson to be in the four fives easily, which is crazy considering his size, six four, two thirty five ish. Yep, he's bigger um, than Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts, but may run as fast as them. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And then, uh, yeah. Other than that, though, I mean, Jake Hayner, maybe. You know, smaller school guy. He's a Fresno State kid. Really impressed us at the Senior Bowl. Now, I don't think he has any chance whatsoever of getting into the first round, but. No, you know, he's a smaller guy as well, but I do think uh, he measured at the senior bowl decently, right? Like six, one, two, ten, or something. Yeah. He wasn't, um, he wasn't too, t- too small by any means. He's not like, yeah, I don't think he's got any Bryce young level concerns of, of size. Yeah. He, he would be a smaller QB in the NFL though, but like just checking that weight box again would probably be good for him. Cause there's, you know, you never know if he gained weight for that way in, in, in mobile, so seeing consistency there would be nice, and then for him the on the field drills, right? Yeah, you want to we want to see he was the star of Senior Bowl in terms of quarterbacks. We want to just see him now amongst the best yeah. of the class, like half. Not that we think he's getting into that top four t- top four group ish tier. Um, for me, it's like can he get can he play look decent? Someone like Tanner McKee from Stanford, like can he look comparable to him? Yep, and that's, I mean, that's a battle for a lot of these guys. And it's a bummer Bryce Young won't throw because he's probably, I mean, he's easily the most accurate QB in this class. So I'd li- I'd love to see these guys compared to him side by side, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then I guess that that's probably it for QB for me. I don't know. I mean. Yeah, QB is not I, super interesting other than no. seeing how they throw, but we see how they throw on tape all the time, so. No, and unless you're like a, a running quarterback like Richardson, like right. your athleticism doesn't necessarily matter a whole lot either. Right. One of the few positions you can say that about. But every other position in the NFL, athleticism absolutely matters. In fact, I was going to say, I wanted to do this at the beginning of the show, but I don't know if you guys know who Math Bomb is. Chris, do you know who Math Bomb yep. is? Yeah, Kent, the Raz Kent score. Lee Platt. 
yeah, he developed a athletic measurement system called RAS, which stands for Relative Athletic Score. It's it's a weighted score that factors. It's like weight and height adjusted, position adjusted, yada yada yada. Well, he's been compiling these scores for you know decades at this point. And this morning, he actually tweeted some crazy numbers. And I knew athleticism mattered. That's why I made the the, the statement of if, if people tell you that this weekend doesn't matter, well, it absolutely does. But for there's 1,920 players in the NFL who currently have an RAS. Of those players, 81.35% of them are rated as good to above athletes by RAS standards. That's insane. So only 18.65% are technically below average. You have to be a good athlete to play in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, that doesn't seem like earth-shattering, but there's a lot of people on Twitter who their favorite player is going to test bad this week. Right, and they'll, and they'll get still a bad be pounding the table yeah. for them, believing that because the tape is good. Though I did this with De- I learned my lesson with Derek Barnett, who I mean you yes. you can probably yeah, feel not, this one not personally. Up to the hype. The dude's tape in college was absolutely outstanding. He goes to the combine. So when you watch this tape, though, you did have questions about like his explosiveness and you know burst and and you know overall lateral ability stuff like that. But he had this tremendous bend. But I bet I wanted to bet on the traits of that guy. I I thought he should be the number two, number three overall pick in that draft, and he's pretty much been a disappointment versus the hype. Yeah, versus expectation. Um, he did not, you know, outpace his outlier status as a below average athlete. So I learned my lesson with Barnett. It was a hard lesson to learn, but um, it does matter. Th- another crazy stat too is 45.21% of all NFL players test as elite athletes. That's almost half, Chris. Yeah. So like it is very important. It's almost more important than like, you know, ha- having like super refined technique. Like honestly, because the amount of guys having super refined technique versus the amount of elite athletes – like they don't always overlap. So the right. fact that forty-five percent of the league is considered elite from an athletic standpoint, and this is RS metric. I, it's not the p- most perfect metric ever made. I think Kent would even tell you that. There's, you know, I'm sure there's tweaks and adjustments that could be made to make it better and more, you know, projective and stuff like that. But um, it's still, it's still a really nice sample size. He's been doing. He's got a, you know, several decades worth of data. Yeah. Um, and. and it's a, it's a really nice sample. So you can't. Um, Kent will actually be on the pod next week too to recap what happens at the combine. Nice, so, awesome. Nice, nice little teacher there. And you guys can follow him at Math Bomb, by the way. Um, a little shout out to Kent and a little pro, uh, early promo for him coming on the pod. But yeah, so anyone, like I said, anyone that tells you athleticism doesn't matter, it absolutely does. We're looking to check boxes, but we also want to see who these freaky athletes are. Um, let's move on to running back, Chris. I know we're, I want to bring up a guy that you're very skittish about, and that's Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. Yep, size as well. These Alabama size. guys. <laughs> so what would I tell you? Say, Chris, Jameer Gibbs shows up. He weighs 206 pounds at the combine. What do you say to me? I say that's good. Uh, better than, I mean, it's not perfect, but it's pretty good. Um, it makes him, I think, viable at where he's pretty much getting mocked right now, early second round ish range. Uh, I just, I just worry that, you, you know, we already, we already talk about how running backs don't matter and you shouldn't draft one high. And now you're talking about drafting a guy that you're not even sure could be a three down back for you when you know, and, and this draft is loaded with running backs and you can like, 
so I could take Jameer Gibbs, What's... the second running back off the board, or could I take, I don't know, Sean Tucker uh, a full round later maybe, and he could actually be a three-down back? Or Zach Charbonnet from UCLA? Hold on, hold on. The three-down back thing is slightly subjective though, right? So like if you're if you're the Buffalo Bills and your pass to run ratio is way out of whack, Gibbs is probably a three down back for you, especially if you play a lot of spread formations and you you're getting sure, your guys yeah. into space. Yeah, I mean, I think he that I think that's a great yeah. So when you that's say, a great spot. When you say three down back, are you talking in terms of potential workload or? Yes. Gibbs can for sure run the ball. Yeah, I mean, guy no that is going that. to be a significant chunk of your offense, however that comes. Okay, like it doesn't. Yes, it doesn't have to be. You know, he's he's running the ball on first and second down. It can be that he's mostly playing third. The point is, he just he needs to be a significant chunk of your offense at some point so, in his career when you're investing that high of a pick in him. Gotcha. So for me, what I look for in a running back setting themselves apart is the ability to affect the pass game. So I don't necessarily I don't need you to carry the ball twenty times a game. That probably means that my offense sucks. Um, I want to know: Can are you a mismatch weapon? Can I get you in situations that give me the automatic win on offense or the likely win? And for Gibbs, I think that's true. I don't think there's a lot of there's no linebackers in the NFL that can cover him. I, I'm pretty confident of that maybe like Fred Warner when he's ticking. But that's that's a tough ask, and there's not a lot of safeties that can cover him either. So, for me, you're adding a guy to your pass attack that gives you a likely win, and you can create matchups for him. So, so to me, that's a win. I I don't necessarily care what Gibbs weighs. I've already I've already factored that into my evaluation of him. For me, I want him to check all those athletic boxes of, I need him to run fast. I need him to have an explosive 10-yard split. I need him to be good in the, the agility drills because that's where he wins. So like, if he doesn't check those boxes, then it's a little concerning. Like, okay, why did he look good on tape and doesn't test as an elite athlete? And we have just saw from Kent's numbers that usually the workouts don't lie. <laughs> so, Yeah, so his ceiling to me is a guy like Austin Eckler who – started as a pass catching back, started getting a lot more, basically became a significant part of the offense for the Chargers. And then the problem is he weighs 200 pounds and we don't know if Gibbs is going to get to that mark. So like if he falls mm-hmm. under the 200 mark, he's in a group of guys like Naeem Hines, JD McKissick, Kenneth Gainwell, like n- these guys, there's just, there hasn't, at least in recent years, there hasn't been a guy that, has the the size that he has and gets and is able to c- c- contribute a big chunk of the the offensive yards like yeah i would unless, i would also like his ceiling is eckler and eckler is a guy that's been very vocal about not wanting as much of a workload as he's gotten the past two or three years for the Chargers. i wouldn't even say ceiling is eckler because i don't think eckler was ever the mismatch weapon that gibbs could be yeah, he, you're probably right. He uh, probably like. I mean, there's a reason Eckler wasn't drafted. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I for mean, sure. so Gibbs does. Yeah, size profile. He checks out with all those guys you just mentioned. He's in that that space, but from a talent perspective and a skill perspective, he's far above where all of those guys are. There's a reason those guys weren't drafted very high. Um, you know, I th- I think maybe uh, you know, Darren Sproles is a decent comp for him like I, like I think like Sproles was an absolute mismatch in the in the past game you know there was no right. linebacker in the NFL at the time who could cover him I, I think you're trying to you're trying to tap into that is that worth a second round pick that's a different debate for right. sure that's but, yeah like 
um, you know, how the combine impacts evaluation though. I, I think it's, it's more about those testing numbers. So some of those guys you mentioned too, didn't test that well, if I remember correctly, I know Gainwell ran a fast 40, but I think he struggled in other areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I expect, like if we're talking RAS score specifically, I'm ta- I'm expecting Gibbs to be above a nine, 9.0. If that he's not, good, then I'm going to have concerns. Right. Yeah. yeah that would be good. So the next group of guys I want to ask you about was this group of, I would say, maybe you, you view these guys as three down running backs because they're bigger. Um, they're, they have more of a bruising running style, and that's Zach Charbonnet, Roshan Johnson, Kendra Miller, Tank Bigsby. What do you need to see from these guys? Because we know they're going to check the height weight boxes. Right. Um, you know, I don't expect any of those guys to come in under 215 pounds. I don't expect they're all going to be between like 220 and 235 probably. So what are you looking to see? So Charbonnet, you're, you're really looking for like his, he's got he's good burst and, and explosiveness, but you really just want to see his top speed and like that 40 and how fast can he get and, and how quickly can he get there um, to like basically see, can he run away from guys in the NFL? Is a safety going to chase him down on a, yeah. on a play that he breaks? Because he can, for the despite his size, he's definitely got tackle breaking ability. Like it does not hinder him from breaking tackles in the. He's got that Charbonnet shuffle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of what you're looking at for him. Like how fast can he get, and how quickly does he get there and sustain it through the through his forty yard dash. Um, you, do you have you watched a lot of Charbonnet? I wouldn't say a lot, but I've, you know I've seen a, a so, decent amount. One thing I notice is he does he is a build up speed guy. Like mm-hmm. I think his burst is just okay. It's better than like AJ Dillon's burst. Dillon has no burst whatsoever. He literally needs a full runway at the airport to get going. Charbonnet is a little bit like that where he needs some runway, but like so I think his burst is just okay. But I do think maybe his top speed is better than his acceleration. If that makes sense. So like I think a good forty time would that would be nice for me, but like a 10 yard split would probably be better. <laughs> I'd love to see, like, even if he like lost a few pounds, maybe he got down like 218 and, and was a little more explosive with his, you know, initial steps. Right. Like, yeah. You want to see to how me, fast that would be he more can important, get, but yeah. How yeah. fast can he get there? What, how fast does he sustain yep. it? And then, yeah, the whole thing. Yep. Um, Tucker and Bigsby are also, yeah, they're bigger guys for them. The, the things I had written down, they both, so them them not as much the athletic drills as they both have a little bit of a pass catching issue with drops and stuff. Just mm-hmm. kind of seeing them running those pass catching drills amongst all of the other backs. Are they are they what do they look like as they're catching the ball? Do they does it look unnatural to them? Um, I feel like we see this every year. There's always a, a couple guys like you're watching them and they're like really focused on trying to catch the ball and it just like doesn't look natural to them. Uh, maybe they're double catching some passes, the, not just running backs, receivers, tight ends as well. Um, yeah. So that those kind of the the things I had for those guys. Um, but obviously them also being bigger, you want to see that they also do have the explosiveness, the acceleration and all that as well. Um, yeah. Bigsby is not a guy who looks super explosive on tape to me. No. In fact, like his third gear, especially like, or I would say top gear. Like he's not a guy. I think I'm not anticipating him running fast at all. I don't think he's a run away from defenders guy. Right. Um, so maybe he can change my mind there. Yeah. Kendra, Kendra though, I think he's got a chance to run faster than people think. Really? Because I was seeing when I was 
looking up guys and trying to see if there was any guys that had like, cause usually there's always some guys that have some reports of what they're going to run. And it looks like people are saying he's going to run in the four sixes. Four sixes. Okay. That's, I, I, I was thinking four, six would make me happy for him really? or just okay. under four, six. Yeah. Cause of his play style. Like he's just a fierce bruiser, you know, like he's. So for, yeah. So, so that probably gives him a good role in the NFL as a bruiser back for mm-hmm. his chances of being anything more than that though. It puts him in not a great group, basically 37 running backs have run in the four sixes in the lot that are currently on active rosters the past two years. And only nine of them have had like somewhat of a notable running back season. Uh, Ramon J. So Stevenson. So it's like twenty five percent almost. Yeah. So it's it's not a death nail, but it definitely you know which, which with where he's going to go in the draft is probably good. I mean, he's not going to be up for is he even. Do you think he even goes day two? No. Yeah. So it's probably it's probably a solid pick then if he does run in the four sixes guys like Ramondre Stevenson ran that David Montgomery ran that all have had success in the NFL at different times so I'd be curious to see what that hit rate looks like compared to the normal hit rate on running backs to be honest yeah it's probably like the distribution of those hits too based on round or draft capital is probably interesting as well like but Kendra Miller to your point is the perfect day three pick in my opinion like Guy, guy has def, definite skills. He's a, you know, he has a a very definitive role of what he'll bring your team, especially early in his career. And if he doesn't have that top level athleticism, that's probably okay because you're not investing massive capital in him. You're just looking to get, you know, that bruising role, that physical role. Like, you know, I'm trying to think of a team he'd. I mean, New England is a team that he'd work on pretty well, but they already have a couple of those guys. Detroit. I mean, Detroit, if they didn't I was let say Detroit, yeah, Jamal Williams, it, at least. A lot of these guys fit for Detroit because if, if they let Jamal walk, they, you know, Charbonnet would be great. Roshan would be great. Bigsby would be great. Kendra would be great. So it's, yeah, obviously. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's a perfect running backs don't matter candidate because you could probably get some production out of him from, you know, a day three pick. So mm-hmm. um, let's let's pivot a little bit to these uber small guys. You have Devin A-Chain from Texas A&M and Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State. I'm – I crush these guys in my, my scoring system. Yeah. There's and, no, uh, yeah. You talked about a chain last week, right? On, on this pod. Yeah. With, with uh, Joe Marino. Yep. yep. Uh, these guys are tiny though. And I, I don't see, I mean, the sample of these guys being successful in the NFL is, is tiny is smaller than they are. Yes. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's start with a chain. He's cause he's the slightly bigger one. So he's listed at five, nine, one eighty five. That is, basically it's like the guys in the that were on NFL teams this past year in that weight range is Philip Lindsay and JJ Taylor. That's it. Like two guy like two guys in the entire NFL were at that weight. And I mean we know neither of them are anything special. I mean Lindsay obviously had the one awesome yeah. year, but obviously it was not was more fluky than realistic. Um so and A chain, I mean what he's getting round two God, no, please no. That's that's where he's been. No, he started the cycle in for the in the end of first round. Yeah, yeah, exactly. DJ's first mock had a chain at the end of the first, which is insanity to me. Now, if you converted him to slot receiver, 
and said, "Hey, man, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make a slot receiver. I'm I'm in. Like you can sell not on first round, but right? You can yeah, sell I was gonna say, or you could just draft Zay Flowers or JSN, <laughs> Tank Tank Dell, yeah. one of those guys. Yeah, I mean that's the tough part, right? So, yeah. So um, for him, he's a little bigger, but it still does not look good for him. And the the hype he is around right now is not not going. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be hard for him to pay Real. off. What a Tariq Cohen way. He was like what 180, 175? Yeah, he was yeah, that he, sounds about that, right. That guy was tiny. He's probably the most recent example of like good football player, functional in an offense that was that size. I know Lindsay had a year or two. Um Lindsay, by the way, sidebar on Philip Lindsay, he is the most paradoxical running back of all time. Cause that dude was legitimately tiny, but he he thought he was 230 pounds with the way he ran the football. <laughs> I mean, he was, he, he was, yeah. he ran angry. When I saw it, I was like, I didn't, I was like, he does not play like this at all. When I, when I, when no. I saw him. That dude will throw hands with anybody, man. I love it. Um, um, yeah. And so then the other guy, Deuce Vaughn. Now th- this is a real weight problem. He's listed at 175. Which means like 165. There, yeah. There's no, there is not a running back in the NFL right now that weighs that. Uh, there's hardly any players in the NFL that are that way. That there's some receivers or yeah, a slim reaper, but yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I mean, what do you? I don't know how much Vaughn you've watched yet. He, had, but I mean, Kansas State used him like like a workhorse, despite his size. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, I just can't do it with either of these guys. They're day three picks for me, you know. I mean, is Vaughn even? Is he even a? A day three pick, like, oh, I haven't finished watching him yet, so I don't, I don't actually know the answer to that. But um, from what I've seen, I, yeah, probably because we talked about with Gibbs the the pass game stuff. It's like ideally you can get some mismatches with him, kind of like the the way the Bears used Cohen for a while. Like they got, you know, they got a lot out of him in the pass game. So and yeah. gadget, just gadget game in general. So, um. I think you could probably use Vaughn that way and, and be successful doing so. Yep. And Which I makes him draftable. <laughs> I think we should just touch on Roshan Johnson out of Texas because likely nobody knows about him really for the, for the most part because he played behind Bijan Robinson for his career. Um, yep. He, this is basically all I really say, like this is his shot to start showing he, he dealt, he got injured at the senior bowl on day one of practice, unfortunately. Um, so he didn't get yep. to really show a whole lot. This is now his second opportunity to do that amongst the group of all the running backs. Good size, looks good on tape when he when he does get opportunities. Now just does his athletic profile round out at the combine. Right. Um, he's a freak of nature, I think. Like I think he's gonna be Super athletic. I think he'll test as an elite athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks explosive, especially compared to his size. Yep. Um, he's got good lateral ability. So, yeah, I, I fully expect him to put on a show as well. Um, and maybe he steals some of that uh, spotlight from his former teammate, Bijan Robinson. So, all right. We do need to get into wide receivers and tight ends to round this out. But before we do, I want to talk to you about underdog fantasy football. The 2022 NFL season is over, but the fantasy football season never stops at underdog fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy football. Right now, you can draft an underdog's The Big Board Tournament with $1 million in total prizes and 200 k given to first place. 
Do you think you know what incoming rookies will burst onto the scene in 2023? If so, now is your chance to draft them at a value. All you have to do is join the big board draft, draft your fantasy team, and that's it. In best ball, there are no waivers, no trades, and you get the best scores in your starting lineup each week of the season. Whoever has the highest score at the end of the season wins. Simple as that. Just head to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or Google Play Store, sign up with the promo code FANTASYPTS, and you will get your first deposit doubled up to $100. And there's a, a big bonus on top of that. If you sign up using code FANTASYPTS and Underdog, you get a Fantasy Point standard subscription for just 5 bucks. Ridiculous value. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code FANTASYPTS, and remember... New underdog users who sign up with our code get a fantasy point sub for just five bucks. Ugh, I tried to set a meeting with the with the guys at the top to talk about this because uh, I think that's too generous. Losing money? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe underdogs paying us. For that. I don't know. <laughs> it's a great time to do this now. ADPs are going to widely shift on these rookies following the combine too. So if you've got, yes. if you think. I don't know. Let's let's have let's play a little game here, Brett. One pick one player who you think ADP. I know you don't know all the ADPs, obviously, but like one players okay. who you think will go way up following the combine. Doesn't have to be on our cool. list of guys that we want to talk about either. Just I got two. You said pick one. I pick two because I I under promise and over deliver every time. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Quinton Johnston from TCU wide receiver. Listen, he started the process as like everyone's favorite guy until everyone watched him. And you've seen a lot of these other more technical players like JSN and Jordan Addison climb the board. I don't know what Quentin Johnson's, Quentin Johnson's ADP is. I'm assuming it's not wide receiver one. No, it's uh, that's either JSN or Addison, I believe, right okay. now. Exactly. So when this dude goes and blows up the combine and he's going to lay waste to it, I think people are, we talked about overreacting earlier. This is a guy people are going to overreact to, and they're going to put him back at the top, just like we've seen this in years past with other freak athletes. So he's one. The other one is Cincinnati wide receiver Tyler Scott, who Joe and I talked about last week on the pod. This dude is every bit of Jalen Hyatt, and nobody's talking about him whatsoever. It's the most bizarre thing. He is a firm second-round grade for me. What what's his ADP, Chris? Or, like, where's it's he? Got to be like undrafted, if I remember from. So he has no ADP. Yeah. <laughs> he has no ADP. It's definitely this late. Dude, let's put it that way. I'm telling you right now, Chris. He's going to run insanely fast. He's going to run. He's going to jump insanely high, insanely far. He's just going to test well all around, and it's going to cause people, more casuals, to go back and watch the tape, and they're going to say, "Holy crap!" What have we been missing with this guy? And his ADP is going to jump pretty substantially. Yeah, two twenty nine right now on underdog. Woo! So I'd say that's that's that can definitely go up. Yep. Yeah. All right, we're going long here, Chris. But this is, I guess, a this is a combine primer, so it's worth it. But please stick with us. We have wide receivers and tight ends to get through. I pretty much know how I want to take this conversation already, though. Yeah. There, there's this really giant pool of players in this draft that are, I would consider undersized slot guys. Yes. It's so frustrating. I, I was texting Joe actually the other day saying, Joe Marino, that is like, dude, I just watched 
10 undersized slot receivers in a row and I officially want to die. Like I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I feel like I'm watching the same player over and over. We can run through that list really quick. You have uh, uh, Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, um, Addison. He's he not play a on the outside, guy. but he but he's definitely outside. he's smaller. Definitely undersized. Jalen Hyatt's undersized. If you're going to throw him in there, then yeah. Um, Tank Dell, Jaden Reed. Um, the uh, the list goes on, man. It's it's insane. There there are so many of them in this draft. That yeah, and pretty. Highly touted ones at that. Highly touted ones, and they're all good athletes. Yeah. None of them on tape are like, oh, this is just like, there's no Julian Edelman's in this class where he's he wins because he's crafty. You know, there's no Cole Beasley or uh, Trent Taylor. A few years ago, was a guy people were high on because uh, he's a really good route runner. Like, there's they're not in that mold. These are actual athletes. You know, you're 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 actually have a chance to get a, a freak athlete and put him in the slot and, and start winning with athleticism instead of just you know, timing and, and route running. So uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a weird combine. Cause I feel like all these guys are going to run pretty well for the most part. And I don't really know what to do with them all, man. It's crazy. Yeah. It's not a, uh, not like drafts past where like, you, you know, you've got Sammy Watkins and Calvin Ridley and, and all these like big outside wide receivers that are being super highly touted and, you know, instead we are full of i mean i mean should should quinton johnson just like really stand out at this thing solely because he's big and he also may outrun a lot of these guys <laughs> yes quinton johnson at perry yes these guys like at perry's six four quinton johnson six four both these guys are big strong physical should run fast they're gonna look like tight ends next to this receiver group yeah um, anyone in, so of the, of those, you know, slottish type guys that are a little smaller, which ones are you most interested in their combine performance? Um, that is a good question. I'm very interested in take tank Dell's weigh in. I mean, it's going to be small very, again. He was very small at the senior bowl. I'm assuming he's working hard to gain weight. Yeah. But the problem is if he gains too much weight, then you're not going to see him participate in any of the drills, right? Yeah. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, I actually like didn't even I – lo- I saw his name on the list and I didn't even – I was like, I'm not even putting him on here. He's he's unfortunately just too small. Like, like he just has such a long way to go in his size and we just have – unfortunately just have such a track record of these small, super small run- receivers struggling to make impacts in the NFL. It's, it's – like I at this point with him, I'm at – I want to see him – he's got to show it before he's worth really giving any major conversation to anymore. Yeah. Um, one guy who plays a lot in the slot that we didn't mention, who's not in that ultra small role is Charlie Jones from Purdue. Mm-hmm. I think this is a solid, like early day three candidate. He is a guy though, that wins with a lot of technique and I'm not saying he's a bad athlete at all. I would really like to see him check some athletic benchmarks. Yeah. I think this is huge. He's second most receiving yards in college football last year. And not on a yeah. like super awesome offense either. So it's not like he was, you know, being pushed up by an Alabama offense or anything like that. And like basically no talk about him really at all. I think this is an awesome chance for him to show he belongs, you know, in this day two range of, of receivers and hopefully 
does some good things athletically. Yeah, I mean, he had a historic season by Big Ten standards. 110 catches, almost 1,400 yards, 10 touchdowns. Like you said, on a on a, it wasn't he didn't do this at Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State, right? He did this at freaking Purdue. Yeah, with Aiden um, O'Connell which, throwing him the ball. Yeah, which they they have been kind of low key churning out receivers lately. Yep, with Rondell Moore and David Bell last year. So I mean, he kind of is following in those guys' footsteps. Nice. But uh, I definitely he's a guy who needs to check some. Like he can't test as a really bad athlete. I think that would be terrible for him. I think he's got a chance to go you know, early fourth round, early day three, maybe like if he, if he had a good day or a good combine, who's to say he doesn't get into the end of day two. Right. Um, I mean, shoot, he cl- clearly has the the technical prowess to do it. So I want to talk about um, Parker Washington from Penn state. What are your oh, yeah. thoughts on him? Cause he is a bit of a, uh, he is a weird build guy listed at five eleven two ten. He's Debo Samuel build. Is what he is. <laughs> yeah. So guys, um, current active wide receivers in that range are are guys like Jalen Rager, Amari Rogers, and James Washington. So not a great group of guys. Debo's right there too, right? I think Debo's heavier than that, even. So he, I guess, well, so he would even also, stranger yeah, build. Yeah, but... even stranger. <laughs> yeah, I mean Parker Washington looks like a running back. Like That's if you that. put him in, if you put him in Kenny McIntosh next to each other. Uh, I, I don't know that I could tell you the difference. They they look the same to me. Yeah. Debo's um, six foot two sixteen, so a little bit taller and a little bit bigger. Yeah, marginally on both ends. But yeah. uh I mean proportionally probably exactly the same looking. Right. Yeah, and Parker plays like him. That's how Penn State used him. He's a monster after the catch. Not a guy who's gonna juke you out necessarily, but he's got insane contact balance. He's gonna run through tackles at arm tackles at will. Um yeah, I mean, it, we've been chasing the next Debo Samuel for like 19 years now since since he burst onto the scene. So not that Washington is the next Debo Samuel, but like I could see a team swinging on him pretty high because they want to try to recreate some of that magic with Debo. Um, I, I think he needs to test well, though, you know? Yep. Any other receipt, you know, things to point? We've talked a ton about Jalen Hyde. I don't think we need to really talk about him anymore. No. We just want to see how fast he runs and can he, you know, can he get into that super high tier of. Oh, oh. yeah. Though, there's there's one other guy. Sorry. So you have this this trio of speedy deep receiver guys, and that's Hyatt followed by Tyler Scott that I already mentioned, and then the last one is Trey Palmer. Now Palmer had some drop issues badly in college, but there's not much to suggest he shouldn't run just as fast as those guys. Um, so I think those three probably are the best candidates to run the fastest 40 this, this weekend. Uh, Palmer can outright fly. So then, then it becomes a, a argument of, you know, would you rather have Trey Palmer in the fourth round, end of the third, early fourth, or Jalen Hyatt in the first, those, those types of discussions will start happening based on how fast he runs. But um you know, just noting, I think he's going to put on a show with Hyatt and with Scott. Hopefully, they're competitive and they all they all run against each other. That would be that would be fun. <laughs> all right, I think that covers wide receivers pretty good. Yeah, um, let's finish out with tight ends quickly. Maybe we should do another episode too, where we're talking other players because I know we focus heavily on the skill guys because yep. yep. we are a fantasy site, but. Um, yeah, I, what are what are your initial thoughts with tight ends? Because 
it's a really good tight end class, but I'm not sure they're all like elite level athletes. Yeah, it's um. So the 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 ones everyone will really care about are the big four tight ends: Dalton Kincaid, Luke Musgrave, Darnell Washington, and Michael Mayer. Um, Mayer to me was the one that has the least um to gain, I guess, from the combine. Uh, probably the most to lose, though. Sure. Yeah. Um, the other guys, I think, have some interesting traits to them that we'll see that the combine can highlight or or not highlight. Uh, Kincaid is a little bit of a he's a little bit smaller for a traditional tight end. It listed at six four two forty. Um, we have seen a recent uh success of guys like that. Greg Dolchich last year, uh, Jawan Johnson, Harrison Bryant, Dalton Schultz are all kind of similarly sized like that. Uh, so basically, does he fit, you know, does he, which we all expect him to continue to show that he's very athletic and that's his size is good for him and all that stuff. Um, Musgrave is just a giant human being listed at 6'6", 250. And really, I just want to see how fast he can run. Like, can he run he as fast? He weighed 262 at Senior Bowl. Oh, that's right. He was even heavy. Yeah. yeah. So... So that's interesting. He's actually heavier than what he's listed at. Um, so then, yeah, how fast does he run? Can he run his front? Like, you, I know you keep saying, like, his ceiling is somebody like Gronk. Can he run mm-hmm. as fast as Gronk's four sixes or even faster than that? I think Musgrave will run easily in the four fives with a chance to hit, touch back into four fours. Which would be ridiculous. I, <laughs> it, it would be. And that's the kind of athlete he is, though. Ridiculous is the good way to describe him. Yes. that would. So that would be awesome. And then Darnell Washington is an even massive, bigger human being listed at six, seven to 65. Um, basically like how does he move without that weight and size yeah. to him? And can he, you know, so current tight ends of that size in the NFL, there's seven of them and none of them have done anything notable for, from a fantasy perspective in their careers. Uh, so probably only one of them was a first round pick, right? And that's Mercedes Lewis. Um, I don't even know if he's that big. Is he that big? Maybe now. Yeah, pretty sure he's like six, six, seven, two eighty, something like that. He was he was yeah. massive when he came out though. So yeah, but but you back then you weren't drafting those guys to be pass game weapons, right? That's what I'm saying. He's different than yeah. What we, you know, we've seen he's this. a better receiver than Mercedes Lewis was by a lot coming. Yeah, out, so. yeah, we haven't we really haven't seen a lot of guys of his size be great receivers. So he's got a chance to really shine of in terms of guys we've seen in recent years um anything else you want to say about the big we'll call it the tier one yeah, group so, of tight ends so Kincaid I think he's gonna look like a really smooth athlete I don't think he I would be surprised if he tested as a, an overly explosive guy if that makes sense but I think he'll be good I think like like I think he'll be near elite level um but I don't think he'll have those like eye popper numbers in any one metric. Maybe like if he was going to put up an eye popping number, it'd be like a short shuttle or a three cone, something like that. Something that's more agility driven. Uh, I don't think he's going to be crazy with the explosives. Um, Maher, I expect to kind of maybe disappoint some people. Um, like I'm different from a lot of consensus. Cause I have Kincaid as my clear one. And then I have Musgrave and Maher separated by 0.01 points. I don't know how that happened, but that happened. 
So like I'm lower on Maher than just about everybody. And I think Musgrave is, you know, knocking on his door and he's not a dynamic athlete. You can really see it on tape too. And people keep throwing out the Jason Witten comp. I think that's fair. Witten was probably even a better athlete than Maher though, early in his career. People forget how athletic Witten was as an early Dallas Cowboy. Um, I like Heath Miller as a better comp for him. I think he's probably more in that athletic mold. And Miller was a fine player, and, and he was a, a good fantasy player, player too for yeah. some for some years. So, um, but I think you're getting more of that combo, that inline blocker, mostly inline zone beating type tight end, who's not going to give you a whole lot of uh, dynamics. So yeah, I mean, I think he's got the most to lose though, because I I think that could people have been penciling him in as the the dino tight end one for a while, and I think this might be the weekend that changes for the first time clearly for, for everybody. I know some people are on Kincaid, but, um, and then Washington, I think he'll test crazy. Um, we talked about RAS scores because it is height and weight adjusted. I think there's a very low chance he doesn't test as an elite athlete. Yeah, he should. He, I think, um, Jordan Davis last year, the defensive tackle the Eagles drafted yeah. basically broke this. He was like a 10, because of his yep. massive human, but also ran. Uh, Washington is probably a candidate to do something similar this year, just given his size and and how he mm-hmm. runs and stuff. Uh, maybe Musgrave though too, if he weighed two sixty two at the Senior Bowl, like you said, uh, he could break some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he weighed two sixty two at the Senior Bowl, and he was the fourth fastest skill player there. Yeah, exactly. So he yeah, <laughs> he's actually closer. That makes him closer to Washington size. I mean, we'll have to see what Washington officially weighs at, but they might be closer in size than given their listed uh, weights. Somebody said on a pod recently that's tied to the Georgia program that Washington said his playing weight was closer to 274. Okay. So then he's also, and he's also got wingspan and height and crate. Like he's so long. Right. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, if he, if he's closer to that, that's, that's a little different, but yeah. All right. Um, Any, so outside the, this is a deep tight end class, even outside this this mm-hmm. tier one of guys. There's, I, I was struggling to pick just a few guys to, to to mention in the article of that I'm interested in because there's a lot of them. Um, anyone in particular stick out to you of the you know the round two and three group? Yeah, two guys. You even list them in your article. I did get the chance of reading it before it goes up. Um, Tucker Craft and Will Mallory. Tucker Craft mm-hmm. of South Dakota State. Um, just real quick on him. He played at, it wasn't a division one level. You know, he played FCS competition at South Dakota state in that crazy conference with North, North Dakota state. And the level of competition just wasn't good. So when he's on the field, he looks like the superior athlete to anybody on the field. It's eye popping how like almost like Christian Watson last year, like there was nobody in that conference that was remotely close to his level of athleticism. Tucker craft gives you the same vibe as a tight end. And Dallas Goder, who played at the same school, also gave that vibe. So for me, it's like, I just want to make sure he's actually that athletic and it wasn't just a level of competition that, you know, kind of uh, distorted the way you view his movement skills. So I want him to check all those boxes. You know, I'm not, I'm not looking for him to do anything crazy, but just check those boxes. Let's confirm, you know, with numbers that you are the athlete. It looks like you are. And then the other guy is Will Mallory from Miami. This dude is an extremely twitchy, quick athlete. Um, is a slot weapon as a big, you know, a big slot guy. I think he can play some of that Jawan Johnson role. I think he's very similar to Mike Gusecki, except he plays with way more intensity and physicality than Gusecki mm-hmm. did. 
Um, I expect Mallory to test really well. I don't know that it'll blaze like a crazy 40 or anything, but even down in Mobile, Chris, you could see the movement skills there. They were very apparent. He was running routes like a wide receiver. Yeah, you really want to see him showcase his athleticism. That's what's going to get him drafted higher more than anything else. I don't think anybody is drafting him to – no one's going to draft him and be like, all right, this guy can block for us. Awesome. Right. Um, not that he's terrible at it necessarily, but it's definitely not – he's, he's at least willing, yeah, but right. he's not going to yeah. like – Right. The, the, that is not the reason he's going to get drafted. His, he's going to get drafted because he can catch the ball well and ha- is athletic and can move well in his tight end frame. Uh, so this this is like this is his perfect. You know, this is his chance to showcase that at the combine. Yep, um, that's about it for me, though. I mean, there's there's other good tight ends in this class. Mm-hmm. I've started but... to. I I haven't really looked into this guy, but I've started to see him hyped up. A little bit recently I'm, I'm curious if you dug into him at all sam laporta from iowa oh yeah he's a very good player yeah he's a very good player uh i haven't scored him officially yet but um i did do my prelim watch on him and he's he's very very good he, he's a good athlete too and especially with the ball in his hands really good after the catch which is like an iowa staple for their tight ends yeah they're, they they churn him out yeah kittle or hawk or whoever um noah fant like these guys are great with the ball in their hands so uh, yeah, I'm. 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 Look, I think he'll test really well too. Awesome. Oh, and just one note on tight ends too. Um, according to Math Bomb, Kent Laplatt, tight end is the most dependent position on athleticism in the entire league. Well, they're a lot. They're asked to do a lot, so that's not. Yeah. Shocking. Um, the sample size of tight ends who are successful in the NFL who test as a below average athlete is like infinitely small actually it's it's crazy it's pretty crazy when you actually look at the numbers so just remember that too when some of these guys will inevitably test worse than we think like um it's worth adjusting your rankings probably based on that because we don't see it a lot you don't see a lot of um unathletic tight ends come in the nfl and 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 win it's just it's very hard so they're they're like the first position in football where like okay you have to draft a football player to play basketball or another sport or whatever like yeah, I'm picking Gronk or Kelsey to play down low Jimmy Graham. for in my NBA team or something. Yeah, yeah, Jim. Yep. Oh yeah, they're all Jimmy Graham, former basketball player. So it's yep. not shocking uh, at Anto- all. That, Antonio Gates. Yeah, Antonio Gates is the other one. Yep. So not shocking at all that tight ends need to be extremely athletic, and the ones that are tend to dominate the NFL. Yep. All right, that's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, be on the lookout for Chris's article. Also. Chris, promote your Twitter really quick. We can find you at at Chris Wecht FF on Twitter. At Chris Wecht FF on Twitter. He's definitely worth a follow, especially if you're into the analytics and the data stuff, because he's always promoing the fantasy points data on there. Um, quick note too, in the draft guide, when that gets on the site and is live, all of these combine metrics will be available in each player's draft report. So you won't have to go very far. It'll be a, a one-stop shop for pretty much everything you need for your draft coverage. So be on the lookout for that as well. And we will be back tomorrow. I do have a, a, a great guest lined up for you. Um, I'm not going to tease it because sometimes guys, you know, inevitably cancel and that's no big deal. But I just want to make sure we get them in before we, uh, before we, before we go nuts with that. But I will be back tomorrow. And with that said, we are out. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. 
Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.